Hey, it's Emily Mackis on behalf of Studio Drum and Bass's brand new podcast, Echoes, and I'm here to introduce you to this episode of the show. We talked to TJ Campbell about social media strategies, and he is just a fountain of knowledge, and he gives us TJ's tips, as he calls them, on basically how to promote your brand on social media and build an audience. I did want to introduce you because you've done a lot of stuff. So owner of oh, Pick and Mix, you, label, and A&R assistant at Elevate, done some work with Shogun, host the Fun and Bass Show, yeah, your Instagram I love that. there. I love that, man. And I just wanted to kind of know, like, what's your history been with the DMB scene? Thank you, man. Well, yeah, no, I'd say thanks for, thanks for the intro. That's probably the nicest intro someone's ever, ever done. No please. way. Oh. <laughs> I've done a few interviews, but where I'm, I'm normally the one presenting kind of thing. So, like, it's nice to be on the other side. I'm relaxed. Tell me how you got into DMV. Before drum and bass, I was a big dubstep head. Like, oh. I really, really, like, really hardcore, really loud, in your face dubstep. I grew up and there's a French producer called Tell Mini. Like, he made some really good tunes that I liked. And obviously the Skrillex that everyone mm-hmm. gets on when they're that younger. Bangerang. Yeah, literally. Like, I think there was a Dirty Phonics remix that I was on UKF drum and bass. That was probably one of the first drum and bass tunes I liked and put on my favourites. I saw like Net Sky tunes and stuff from playing like Call of Duty and I'd hear drum and bass before and growing up obviously I'd hear it. But I think where I really dived in and got involved myself was maybe when I was around like 14. And I came from raving, really, like going to illegal raves with my friend. What, at, at 14? Wow. No, really 15. <laughs> like, obviously, like, we dabbled in the idea and heard about it for a while. But then we just got to a stage, like, he went to one. And the week after, I was like, yo, i got to go. And these are the times where, like, squat raves were happening, like, every week. It was, like, really, really easy to get access to them. So every week for, like, a couple of years, you would always have a motive. And then like, I think I remember them playing DJ Hazard, It's the Secret, that used to get played like every week. And then all of these tunes, I just started listening to it and the euphoria of like having the environment around you and going through that experience when you're younger and like just having the sick sound system to just amplify it. I was just like, bruv, this is absolutely sick. There's nothing quite like your first rave, is there? Like the lights, oh, the, it was the distortion, your ears are like dying at the end of it. Literally. But... I was just like, why are my ears ringing? I'm like, what's this? <laughs> Let's fast forward a year, like a year and a bit after like finding like what raving is. Got my first controller after that because I went. This, I kind of stopped raving. We were real we shit for ages. Like it was jokes. Like when I think back, it was like really, really bad. But when you're there in the room, like you're cold. You're there. You're, like, we was getting gas. We was vibing every week. We were just literally download tunes. Like we had, we shared like an Apple ID so we could just download music and it'd be on there when we go to his house to mix. So there was no LimeWire. Was it all uh, Apple Music? straight and no, narrow no, literally like thank god i was working like when i was younger those days were really cool and i think that kind of got me more interested in how can i take this out of the house my soundcloud is probably the start of where people started to notice me i'd say one of my first mixes uh it was really it was quite awful it was like a five minute mini mashup <laughs> is it still there or is it um now on private uh... <laughs> I, I might check afterwards you know <laughs> i'll be honest in it i'll be honest it's still there. Oh, and it's still no there way. because okay. it reminds me of them days. It reminds me of them days. If you want to go check it out, it's on my SoundCloud and it's the earliest one I've still got on there. So being strictly a raver to mixing and DJing, not taking it too seriously, and then AR guru at his finest. And 
A&R and promotion has like drastically evolved since, let's even say in the last 10 years, you know, you had AOL Messenger and forums that were created yeah, and then yeah. the internet boom of the 21st century. How have you seen the industry change since you got involved with A&R Bits? Well, social media, for one, has changed a lot since I've like kind of got into it and understood what everything is. I think one thing I've noticed that is not used as much as it was used in the beginning, promotion-wise and in social media, is SoundCloud. Loads of people still use SoundCloud. However, like back in the day, it was literally like a goldmine. From an A&R perspective, you'd get like so many rips of sets and there'd be like a random artist you've never heard of. And if the page was good enough, they might somehow know who it is and tag the artist in, in the description. Then you click on that page. Back in the day, you could hear up an artist on SoundCloud and they would reply like that. Especially if they were like new to the industry or they didn't have that many followers, yeah. 100%. But I used to go through my feed on SoundCloud for hours. Like, I would never do that nowadays just because things have changed and there's so many yeah. other avenues. Everything is a lot more sensitive and has so, so much more undertones to it than, than, than it used to be. It used to be a lot more innocent. It was more solely just the music. Do you have a preference then between like the older generation of like DB promo, which some might say, you know, is more organic, as you kind of mentioned? You know what it is? If, if I had to choose a side, I would choose a new side 100%. Because as much as, as it would be nice if everything was just the music solely, like that's unfortunately not how it works. I think when you actually like realize, oh my God, I can get on TikTok and actually maybe make a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. you have all these other <laughs> options where you can actually change your life. And I don't want to sound like the old man who's, like, telling their kid to get off the phone. <laughs> now I feel like you're doing the opposite. You're like, get on your phone, everybody. Yeah, like, like you have do to it. do that. Like, you have to, yeah, get on there. Like, And I'm a big Gary Vee fan, if you don't follow mm. me. like, And he says the same thing. It's like, you can't, you can't take away from the younger generation because, like, you're scared of the technology. Or in 20 years' time, there's going to be another mad thing. In five years' time, there's probably going to be another crazy thing. This tells me that you're on your phone a lot, but I'm sure you have a very balanced life. It's a hard one because I feel like I'm very conscious of that. And over over the last couple of years, naturally, my usage of my phone has shot up. It's really weird because I'd say I use my phone a lot more but my, I don't post as much. I'm not as much as my socials. I don't promote nowhere near as much as I used to because not in like a big-headed way. I'm at a stage now where I don't need to post and people can still talk to me and they know like what I'm doing kind of thing. So that for me is great because I don't. Re- I've never really been a big fan of phones. Like, I'd be real. If you call, if you call me and I don't want to speak to you, I'm <laughs> just answer. not gonna answer <laughs> just because it's like. Bro, like, if you was in front of me and you spoke to me, I would not ignore you. Yeah, like, that's just rude. I don't have to pick up my phone if I don't want to. It's just about having a, a balance. You know, I think that whole social media posting thing, you know, the fact that you're using social media less, but also you have less of a public presence, it kind of mm. contrasts with the way that I see social media evolving at the moment because there's almost like a content saturation now especially on mm-hmm. instagram which is the one that i use the most yeah is there such a thing as overload is it more effective for somebody to post less it really depends on there's a, i'm going to talk about three things first of all a lot of the most influential figures that i've ever worked with have the least amount of followers so that just bear that in mind a lot of their pictures of family posts are what, what they had for lunch obviously their age might be different but like, i'm talking like people that work at the bbc people that work at all of these big companies like Island Records. I think in terms of overload, if it's a good thing for you, I think you need to think about your the profile, the 
individual, the personality of the, the person and the purpose of the post, really. One, it could work in your favour because algorithms will work in your favour for some people that post a lot more because at the end of the day, the, these platforms are a place where they want traffic. On, say, platforms like TikTok, if you post a lot more, the chances of you potentially getting a video that gets on a good hashtag is a lot higher because mm. you're showing the algorithm that you're willing to put more hours in for content creation and this platform rewards content creation kind of thing. You have to really know who you are because like, some people might post a lot and they might be really boring. That's not going to be effective. However, it's effective if you're posting the right content. If you've got a brand that in the morning you post a positive message for your week, for your people when they wake up because you know that they're on their phones in the morning and they're going to work and they want to get that positive mindset, then great, cool, you've started your day right. On the other side of it, some artists like Kanye West, if you don't want to drop anything and then randomly just put one post and my album's out, then that will work for you. He probably can, Kanye, because he's like, it's so big. It depends on who you are. And it depends on your audience. And even like some smaller artists, like they do a lot of that all the time. They don't post anything. And then when yeah. it's time to drop something, they'll, put, they'll post a, a picture. Then they'll post a teaser. And then they'll post the date. And then they'll post the video. And they'll have that four posts up for, for two months of the campaign. Then they'll take it down again. So you don't necessarily think if you have consistent posting, it's going to lead to you being kind of noticed more rather than high quality posts when they need to kind of come out say if somebody was to take the strategy of posting every month if they have a release and then kind of going off the radar is that kind of better than you know posting all the time you have to earn that right so this is how i see it you have to do that consistent posting and all of the loads of posting to get to a stage where you have an audience so that you can ghost for three months and work on your music behind the scenes and then come mm. back in an ideal world as an artist you would post 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 to build up the hype build up the engagement build up your audience if you're working logically that might lead to you earning more opportunities so then you can earn more money Let's just put it in an ideal way. You've earned enough money where you can be like, cool, I've, I've, put, I've put my stuff out. Now let me just have a break. Use my money so that I can invest in myself, invest in better equipment, invest in a music video, whatever. So then when I drop my next thing, it's going to be better. Everyone's going to be like, rah, the work that he's putting over the, over the yeah. time that he's been hyping up is, is actually paying off. And those are the most successful artists. Like that, And that's when you get to a stage where you can take a break, like where you, you've got an audience. You will know when you can go away from your audience for two months and not say anything and come back and everything will still be there. Well, what about you as, as an A&R? Do you do much discovering of new artists on socials? Every day. Yeah. It's really crazy to say this, but I think I was made for this job. <laughs> That's all right. Big yourself up. From young, I think I've just always been curious and finding stuff, being the first. Like, I just love that kind of competitiveness. You don't have to reveal your secrets, but what are you looking for when you're kind of perusing, for example, um, somebody's you know profile? When it comes to new artists, I would love for you to just be low-key, maybe have a, on SoundCloud especially, like... If you've got clips, that's the, obviously the best way for me to hear your music. But if you haven't released on a label, if you have quality music that I'm thinking like I could put a single out or I could potentially release a project with you as your debut as a new artist, from a label perspective, it is extremely risky to put a tune out with an artist that no one's heard of. Something that I am surprised about is that SoundCloud seems to be kind of your main form of discovery. Whereas, you know, for me, 
even though, you know, I obviously love the music part more than anything, it's the visuals that kind of captivate me. So if I listen to mm -hmm. an artist, I'm like, your music's really good. Even if they have a small amount of followers, if I look at their visuals and their visuals are banging, automatically they'll get a follower and be more interested in their stuff. Mm -hmm. I agree. Do you think that visuals are important or as important as the music side of things? I 100% agree. I think visuals bring another aspect to music that music can't bring, obviously. It brings a face to the name, it brings a face to the sound. Before I carry on, obviously, I think SoundCloud is probably my main discovery only because it's more instrumental-based music. I think in terms of other genres, I 100% agree with the music video side of things. Like, you find a lot more talent in rap, per se. In, you know how we got like the kind of new UK garage kind of style? A lot more of those old vintage videos are coming back, so a lot more discoveries is being seen in those vocal genres. I do think music videos are extremely important and visuals are important because if you're trying to grow as an artist and you're solely relying on the music, nowadays it's solely not enough. Nowadays it's, it's cool to want to self-release and, and do everything on your own, but you have to invest so much more money into yourself and that comes across in different forms and a music video is one of those forms. If you want to make a music video for your music and you don't care, like, if you're making a loss, bloody do it. Like, that makes so much sense to me. You've got to think of it as a long form of content that you can then chop down and use the best bits for whatever platforms it's going to be contextually worth for. It's not just a music video. It's a behind the scenes. It's a yeah. documentary. It's an understanding of you in that video and it becomes a character of you. Why don't you have some sort of outfit that sticks out? You can create so much more with visuals that you can't create in music, which enables the viewer to just have such a more engaged view on the campaign as a whole. When you see all of these, let's say, let's, let me just put drill in there because it's such a great example. When you see a lot of these drill artists blow up really quickly, I just say, look at the music videos. Even if you don't like it, why would you not be interested? I mean, even you had a stint on uh, JDZ Media because I saw that Fox video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's as much drum and bass on JDZ, but what kind of platforms do you reckon are like good for aspiring artists to send stuff out to? Everyone knows the best platform right now to get views on is UKF, yeah. just because naturally <laughs> they have the biggest platform there. However, I'm probably going to shock you and, and, I, and I believe in this so much more. People need to start just posting on their own channels. Start posting on your own content, um, on your own feed, sorry. And I'm not saying don't do other channels because it's a bad idea because it, it can work and it does give you a bigger variety of people that will see your music because it's another person's um, follow list. However, in the case of trying to grow a community and build an audience, it works so much better and more organically when you put it on your own channel and I think there's an artist called Nux and he's got some really cool music, like banging, absolutely great music. And I went on his channel and like he's got it all on his own channel. In my head, as soon as I see something on someone's channel, I automatically think like, right, you're putting in the work. Another thing that really like makes me interested in that conversation is what if you put your best music on another channel and do I weigh up the cost of having another channel have all the attention, however people will still be there for my music? Or do I put it on my channel where I know everyone is there for me? 
the income stream as well, as you said, like it's quite hard to make money. Money is really important. It's important, in music. yeah. Someone whose socials and videos I literally go back to constantly is Brucey, just because I think like he's got that marriage of audio and visual just so right. Because you know, you'll listen to a tune, like you'll listen to a Weekend Boys, and you'll close your eyes. And I'm not even a Weekend Boy, but I, I want to be. Like after you close your eyes and you just see them at that festival, just having the time of their life, and you're yeah, like, you, go. you know, you relate that to an experience like even mm -hmm. if you haven't been to a rave in over a year can you imagine <laughs> not only youtube i think even just photography because people don't really just write statuses anymore do they they also do photos they do like mixed media all of that jazz there's so much you can do i made a list for this chat because i think it's important for people to just hear the options that we have Tell me, tell me what you've got. This is TJ's tips, right? Uh, studio Jungle Oh, Base I love exclusive. it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to steal that one. Hope you don't mind. I don't mind. You can, you can get a tip every, like, fucking... Every, every show. Episode. I'll be contacting every, you show, every yeah. month. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, like, I feel like if you're an artist or you're working in music or in anything in general and you want to get yourself out there, these are platforms that you can use, right? You've got Spotify. That is basic. If you're an artist, you need to have a Spotify account. Get Spotify for artists, download the app. It's really simple. And that allows you to see your stats on your tunes. Uh, you can see what playlist that's been, that been added to. And that will just enable you to change up your platform, change up your artist bio, your pictures. And also on your release day, your artist pick. You can have an emoji in and out now. I feel like if you have an emoji for your campaign, just have that throughout the whole of your platforms. But Spotify is really important. Instagram is obviously the basic one that a lot of people should get onto. Facebook and Facebook groups. Owning your own community on Facebook is extremely important. Being able to have something where you invite someone to something just gives that sort of feel like, okay, this is a closed environment where you can talk about stuff that's related to the brand or related to you. TikTok is probably the most important one on the list because it's just the most relevant one right now and I know we've spoken obviously we we've have worked, <laughs> we've worked, we've worked on, on on releases this year and this wasn't this was um something that we spoke about it was a sore subject I do get it like people forget like I'm a 24 year old that lives in this generation as well so I 100% understand and I, I don't use TikTok for my personal use either in the form of work and in the form of pushing your brand out it is so, so important. I'm not going to say that's going to change your life, but I'm going to 100% say that it's going to change the amount of people that see your brand. Getting onto the trends, it doesn't mean dancing, it doesn't mean doing silly, silly little TikTok <laughs> dances. It means looking and spending hours on the platform, using the right hashtags that you might use on Instagram and, and, and stuff that's related to drama base and analysing what works and what doesn't. You have to use your other platforms to push a TikTok page because you can't just have a TikTok page from zero. You can share your TikTok on your phone, then you can post it on a reel on Instagram. Mm. So very important TikTok. Another one I've put down is MailChimp. So MailChimp is a way that you can send out newsletters, send out emails to people that want to hear stuff that you've got going on. A way that you can utilise MailChimp is by using another app called HypeTip. What I would do is on SoundCloud, if you're an artist, the best way to get data is to put music out there for a free download and to click on that link, you can use HypeTit and what they'll do is they'll give you um, a download gate where all they need to do to get the download is to put their email address in. 
And what you can then do is obviously make sure you've got consent from people. You can use that information on MailChimp and you can send out information for maybe your next release or if you're playing at an event. And then that way people can stay engaged with you. And you put a free download out, people have got your music and what you've got in return is that is access to them in the future. They're guaranteed to see it and it won't just be a oh, randomly picked up on this artist. Discord is one that I'm very, very keen on. It's such a new, it's not new, this is the thing. It's just, it's new for drum and bass, but it's just such a fluent way of communicating with people. And if people might not know what it is, if you're in like um, the work world, you may have used Slack before. It's very similar to Slack. I hear adverts for it all the time on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely similar in terms of you can have chat rooms that can be voice or text. You can have listening rooms where one like like we was talking earlier, you can have a, a listener, uh, a listener group and one person speaking and they can have people come into the room and talk. And it's just a great way for producers to collab. And I feel like it's just engaging and this is going to be the new way that some brands take, that take, take to the future. That's how I see that. If you're utilising every one of these, then boy, I feel like you, you can be in a great place. Can you imagine someone using every single one of these things? <laughs> I think it'd be overwhelming. Every one of these apps has a different speciality. You know, that one might be dealing with audio and visual, one might mm -hmm. be dealing with communication, and one might mm -hmm. be dealing with posts and personality. Like, do you think it's important to use more than one? 100% and where you can use each of them interjectively. It makes so much sense. There's no reason not to use them. That's literally it. You can't tell me the reason you're not using it is because you know it's not going to benefit you because that yeah. just is a no. It's the most blatant TikTok excuse. Is this a, is this a personal jab? Because I feel like this is exactly no, how no, I... No, no, don't. Oh, my gosh, I'm so... <laughs> how our I'm conversation so went. No, absolutely not because like I, I will admit it. When you're on your Instagram feed, you see mm. all these TikToks and sometimes it makes me think that TikTok is a certain way, but I know if you manipulate it, it can be anything you want it to be. It's the same with what I say in life. When you look for something, you will find it. If you look for that side of TikToks, that's all you will see. Oh no, maybe I'm just attracted to that. <laughs> I feel, no, but I, no, honestly, think of it like this, like, as long as it works, so as long as I'm posting it for my audience, that, well, that's solely what it is. It's just a shame that you see everyone's thing. That's just the algorithm, but... It's a, it is a hard one. You just have to sit down and have that conversation with like weighing up the pros and the cons and the whys and the why nots. Yeah. And I think once you make sense of the whys and the why nots, then that decision becomes a lot easier for one. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned like so many um, forms of social media, but do you think that there are any that are kind of becoming obsolete or not as useful? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I know it's a uh, hard my, one because my immediate like... answer is my immediate answer is no, but I'm gonna really play, really play devil's advocate and really try hard to find one that I think is kind of drying up. Clubhouse is in trouble. Clubhouse. I, I don't, don't understand. Club, so Clubhouse is <laughs> basically an audio sharing app where you can have a, a topic. So we could talk about like is Jump Up dead? We can have a forum and we can have people join in and uh, we can have a discussion about it. And people would just be talking. You'd be like, oh no, Jump Up's not dead. Snares are licking. And then people are like, yeah, Jump Up is dead. What are you talking about? Like, and you can actually have like a cool, and engaging conversation. I feel like that was one of the, the first audio uh, sharing apps where that really took off. But Spotify Greenroom have just launched, and I feel like they've given Spotify such an opportunity here to kind of take away all of that hype and make a better platform um, than, than what Clubhouse has already got. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And if Spotify Greenroom, which is, again, 
gonna be quite big, I think. If it does like grow really well, at the moment it's quite infant, it's quite in its infant stages. But um, if it does grow, then Clubhouse could be could really go downhill. What about Facebook? Do you still kind of use Facebook? I know like a lot of the older generation are very mm. Facebook connected. Mm. The younger generation kind of stick to Instagram, where it's more like fast gratification, and then Facebook's more. You know, you write a status, and people are going to read it, and you might accompany it. You know, with a visual. There's two reasons there's two reasons why facebook won't die in my opinion one reason is most people check up on events on facebook and two um facebook owns instagram okay i see so they probably know that they're trying to like divide their time and one platform is for one thing and then one is for another this is how it's interesting because we make the platforms what they are Instagram was never made with the intention for it to be an influencer hub where you can make a lot of money and change your life. Instagram was simply made for photographers to take pictures and to just post photography. Like, Facebook was literally just made so you could post what you're doing. Like, And the way that it's changed is because of us. Like, we've shaped the platforms to what they are now. Events have always happened on Facebook. Yeah, it's true. In my history, anyways, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. If you're an artist or you have an artist account... If you're posting ads, you're using Facebook Business Manager. Just Facebook's cool, man. Facebook will be fine. If you want to use ads effectively, it will really change your results on who sees it. There's an app called Linkfire. If you add all all your links to your music on the Linkfire, then you can actually monitor who clicks on your ads via their location. If you go to countries and stuff, you can use that data that you get from the clicks and then put that into Facebook ads and then you can run ads based on that data. To go back to your point on should you use more than one, if you do use more than one in the right way, then it's just going to amplify it. There's so many like nuggets of knowledge coming out of this interview. Just insane. The reason I'm so happy to give away knowledge, and it's again what Gary, what I've learned from Gary V. I know 90, 95% of people that will listen to this conversation will probably get gassed about it and think these are sick ideas, but they won't do them. Oh. But, no, that, that, but, no, but that's the honest truth. We get into a stage where we get hyped, but then the discipline act, like, it doesn't kick in and we don't move forward with it. And I do it all the time. Like I, I think of an idea, I procrastinate, and then like five, five months down the line, I'm like, oh yeah, I thought of that idea. Why, why did I do that? I don't think I'm right. I, I feel think like you are right, I have experience in using these tools and, um, and it's, it's worked for me in certain aspects where I've wanted them to work. You know, everyone sees social media in a different way and some people think it, it you know, you can use it to promote, but they're also quite harmful sides. You know, uh-huh, it, it can be definitely. quite obsessive and there's people that just don't want to use it because they want to be like more connected to the real world which is completely understandable i agree man yeah do you think there's a way kind of a loophole for those against doing it to still break through it's hard so it it links back to what i said earlier it is really hard because you have to get to a stage where you've done so much marketing and advertisement people know you so that you don't have to use the platform there's a reason I have zero posts because, like, it, 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 it drained me for a bit. Like, I took all my posts down. And one of the aspects of it was because it's, it drained me and it was quite... It was a chore. Like, I didn't want to post and I was just like, I can't be bothered to do this. And I think my perspective was less about, like, negative comments or persuading it. Like, I was just, like, I was tired of just going on the platforms and just seeing stuff that just didn't really align with what I really cared about. If it's affecting your mental health, then 100% is something that I would not use. Yeah. Because it can be a place where you compare, 
you look at other people's lives because you have such an insight into what other people are doing. And if you're in a bad mind space, it's really dangerous where you're vulnerable and, and you're in a place where you might not value yourself as well as someone else on Instagram. In terms of going back to the, to the real question about music and using it and, and can you get away with not using it, I think the short answer is unfortunately no. In 2021, there's, there's never going to be one person who has only made one song and they blow up. Central C was making music like since he was like 14. Uh, like, I know I'm solely talking about other, other genres, I can talk about drum and bass as well, but like RD, he's a new sensation of the UK, like he's been making music before. The only difference is he got a manager this year. That was the difference. My man got a manager that has experience like with Dino and all these other bigger artists. So if you don't want to use social media and you want to be in the music industry, you really need to get on your legs and get to events, get networking, go to clubs, go to all these places where other people are going to be and you need to tell them about yourself. When they, but this is the thing, when they are, when you leave that conversation, or that first conversation and they might not take your number and they ask for your details, how can I get in contact with you? What are you going to say? Obviously, they're not going to be like, they're not going to be, oh, he doesn't have Instagram, man. He's like cool enough to, to do the collab now. Like, they're not going to say that. But it's just like, it's annoying because the platforms have given us the power to make up our own minds. If you don't want to do that, the advice I'd say is make an account, follow the positive pages that you know you, you like the message from, follow your close mates, don't follow hashtags, don't follow pages that you're not interested in. You come from a place of kind of knowing the ropes. Bit of so. experience, man, yeah. How do you see social media progressing in the future? The future of socials. So I think it, in relation to, to what kind of what we do, uh, I think TikTok's going to continue to grow. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more like live streams on TikTok. We're going to see a lot more artists, content creators coming onto platforms and getting paid for their money. Virtual reality in the future, we are definitely going to probably see VR raves. Like it's, it's happening already. Like I went to Greenwich um, Pirate Studio. They have a VR room there where you can do a set there, and it goes transported to a VR room, and people can log into their. I think it's Oculus, and they can go into the room and see the rave. Like it's, it's yeah, it's happening. And overall. Ideally, like I'm not, I'm not talking about like, so much money, but that's money for the people that 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 from the lower side of things as well. Because as, as long as the lower artists can can kind of have more incentives, then we'll never kind of die out. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been insane. Before we finish, do you want to plug anything? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Do you know what? Yeah, it's because we're on a good vibe and like, thank you for your kind message and thanks for getting me on. And I think like to end in like, obviously you've been talking about everything. I want to thank, I want to thank Elevate Records and I want to thank my manager, Jess, in particular, just because like, obviously like, not to get, not to get too sobby and everything, like I've like had to do all of these other jobs to just get to this stage now where I'm at. And I finally kind of found something that I really, really want to do, and they've just made that transition so much easier. I couldn't ask for like a better team, and it's just amazing. So shout out to them, shout out to my pick and mix gang, like all of those guys that are a part of the team. 
everyone, like all the artists that I speak to, every single artist that I've ever spoken to, anyone of <laughs> That's you, a like, lot. That's a lot. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot. That's why I can't name all of them. We'll be here for ages. So it'd be like one of yeah, those Grammy nominations that just says, like, <laughs> every single person they I would not give up the mic, literally. Like, <laughs> I'd have to go on my SoundCloud profile and go through my messages from all, that, all them years back through my message. But Well, if you're listening to this and you're TJ's associates, you should feel very good about yourself, like, right about now. <laughs> <laughs> please, please do. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.